So, a little twisted though. Heard a story that was factual. Can't tell you the sources or anything, but names will be removed from the story to protect. One kindergarten reason. boy takes another kindergarten boy into the bathroom and tells him to suck his dick. So, he proceeds to take his pants off and push the other boy down to force him to suck his dick. <laughs> There's six. Upon completion, as they enter back into the classroom, the one boy yells out to the entire class, So-and-so just sucked my dick! <laughs> the fuck? So, you know, obviously all the adults are like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, we gotta figure out what's going on Do we know, do we know if he here. shouted out like he was proud or if he was I think like that, just yeah, Trying to, well, probably trying to just yeah. make a point. Like, Kindergarten. Yeah. Six years old, baby. So then, you know, adults get involved and they start to ask questions. You know, well, why why are we doing this or what? where is this coming from? Oh, my seven-year-old sister sucks my dick. <laughs> <laughs> See, you don't need to leave your house. <laughs> What? Dude, I love you, bro. I love you, man. I love you. You're my brother from another, another mother. Dude, I love you, bro. I love you, man. Can you believe these dipshit queer bags are still doing this? This is your football fantasy. Episode fucking 50. Enjoy. What would I do? Without a friend like you. Yeah, it's not episode 50. My bad. This is your football fantasy. I'm Dewey's Nuts. Ready for another show. Episode 50... Something. 59? Bullfrog, welcome. How are you? Doing doing peachy, motherfucker. Ooh. Was that a call out for a shot? Peach? I got uh, your peach. I'll pour it. Alright. None of us here have to deal with the whiz and his bullshit. Because he's gone. Replaced by the good Dr. Doc. How are we? Spectacular. I don't have to see Mark um, doing yard work this week. I think you mean to say the big whiz. We don't use Oh, my apologies. <laughs> we have secret identities that we keep pretty close to the chest. You can just cut that out. I'm doing great. I assume you're not taking a shot with us. No, sir. What's that? Uh, I'm on a... You don't have to tell us. I'm on a snap time. count. This week in football. Before we get into the news... Um, just a, a throwback to your story from earlier. Out of curiosity, Bullfrog, how old were you the first time you got a blowjob? Ugh. Over or under six? Well, I do remember a time when I was about... You're thinking about it. I do remember a time when I was six or seven that I was Whoa. naked in a room Whoa. with another little girl. But I don't really remember what happened. But I did get in some trouble for that. At you blocked level. it out completely. <laughs> as, as a... As a uh, as a uh, young man that was able to ejaculate in a mouth, mm. uh, I believe it would, did not happen until 18. Nothing finer than coming in the back of a woman's throat. I was a very shy, homebody type high school young boy. Very immature. Yeah, that's what that's what that guy over there said. Jerked off a lot, was, but, you know, finally let it happen. I think my very first one, I can clearly remember, like, I basically came as her mouth came close to my dick. I don't even know if it actually made contact. Said, but you, I'm but sure you got talking. some in there. I'm sure it you got shooting. some in there. That was the very first. Uh, that was special. No, yeah, I, I, it's, it's funny you say that. I, I feel I feel much better about, I wouldn't, maybe not the proudest of uh, 
the performance the first couple of times. But hey, I had a great time. (laughs) (laughs) Look, dude, look. Evolutionarily speaking, coming quickly is an advantage, (laughs) or at least was for our ancestors. Because you can... If you can come quickly, you can impregnate more women oh, and yes. spread your seed faster. There's nothing wrong with that. Dude. So this week, <laughs> in, this week in football, guys, huh? Doug yeah. Baldwin retires, we think. I don't know, did you guys read his Twitter rant? No. It was a very long series of tweets that he posted. Started something like, I've always wanted to write a letter to my younger self. Here's what it would say. And there were all sorts of videos and things. And the last one was a, a video clip of Jon Snow saying, my watch is over. Ooh. And that was sort of it. Oh, yeah, I had, yeah. Yeah, my I mean, watch it was, is really, it was pretty clear. He didn't say he was retiring. It was pretty clear he's retiring. Then the team comes out and says, Tyler Lockett is officially going to move into the slot role on this team, which is weird because that's not who the dude is, right? He's just, he, well, historically, just like a deep go run deep down the field and we'll throw it to you, but maybe the team trusts him. Um, so... With him gone, to me, I don't know about you guys, but I'm glad because, like, there were people that were holding on to maybe Doug Baldwin can do what he did in the past, and I even thought maybe I should trade for him a few times over the course of the season last year just in case he gets healthy, but he's gone. Do you guys love Lockett? Does he move up your list? Where was he before? Because he had a top, what, top 10, top 12? He was 11th. He was the 11th. He was. So if he was 11 last year, year, like, Mm -hmm. where did you have him before we knew Baldwin was gone, and does does this affect your rankings? I mean, in that offense, I think I probably would have him ranked preseason twenty-five ish. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is I real know, low relative. I know Seattle reason. drafted Gary Jennings, and if you listen to my our rookie uh, our rookie uh, episode, our draft episode, I mentioned as Greg Gary Jennings would be a guy that I liked as a slot receiver coming out of West Virginia. So you know, maybe eventually he develops into the slot guy, and Lockett can continue his kind of outside role. Um, I don't know. I got to see some touchdown regression, though. Hell has to happen. But maybe he gets a few more catches and some more yards, so maybe it balances it out a little bit. But I don't think he's a top 15 guy, personally. I would agree with that, but he definitely moves up, in my opinion. Moving because into the slot, yeah, because yeah, last year, I think he just was like, his efficiency ratings were just off the charts. I think his targets barely improved, but all of a sudden he's scoring way more touchdowns. Yeah. And to me, the re- touchdown regress uh, regression... But then he's going to see more targets. Yeah, they have two new rookies, but what do we always talk about with rookie wide receivers? Takes a while. Can't trust them, especially DK, who's as raw as they come, and I guess we'll talk about that later. But yeah, and at the end of the day, who's your quarterback who's throwing you the ball? Even a team that runs it so much, it's Russell Wilson. He's the new number one. I'm interested in that. So not bad. All right, let's go to Minnesota here. This is tight end news, which, you know, is what it is. But Kyle Rudolph... Uh, they did not extend Kyle Rudolph's contract after drafting Irv Smith Jr. Relatively early in the draft there, um, teams talked about maybe there might be some trade possibilities here. Kyle Rudolph came out just yesterday and said there is absolutely, on a CBS interview, no way I will be taking a pay cut to play for the Vikings this year. So things are things are starting to look like Kyle Rudolph might not be there. Kyle Rudolph is... No, he's not great, but he's a tight He's a relatively good tight end. If he's gone, what's the deal with Irv Smith Jr.? Do we like the guy? I mean, he was a he was a top three or four prospect coming into the league. Is it somebody you should look at? I'm disappointed that we didn't draft him in our dynasty league. But uh, any love for a um, uh, Kirk Cousins tight end? Not named Kyle Rudolph next year. I, I mean, obviously, I think more interested in next year. Um, the year after next year. 
or yeah, or later. I mean, super interested in Dynasty, you know. Um, it's tough when there's so many other options on that team. I mean, if Dalvin Cook stays healthy, obviously they've poured in a shit ton of money into their two wide receivers. So already he's, you know, down the totem pole. But tight end is is such a wasteland outside of the top couple guys that if you have some type of talent and you're on a good offense, I'm going to be interested at some point. That's Yeah, that's some. I mean, you're not drafting him in a redraft league, but you definitely have your eye, watch list kind of guy. Yeah. Um, You want to say anything about it or no? Yeah, I just... I don't, I don't see Cousins as a big tight end red zone guy. I think Diggs and Cousins continue to steal all that love, so Arv Smith might be a between the 20 kind of guy, but... He's not going to rank too high on my list. Fair. I get that. All right, let's look. Uh, New York, the Jets, this past week in a big surprise move, fired their GM, fired their player personnel director. Adam Gates will be the interim GM on that team. Probably not for long. They've already got some targets. They're looking at, I think, uh, a VP in Philadelphia. So they'll be hiring somebody soon. Um, you know, the, this front office has been together for about four years. They brought in Todd Bowles when Todd Bowles came in. Uh, they've made some relatively interesting moves, getting Sam Darnold here last year, making some good trades. Did did dump the entire defensive line when they came in. Went out and got Le'Veon Bell this year. The, the scuttlebutt is right now that that right there is the move that did it. Adam Gase got pissed off that Bell's on this team, uh, and that's why they're gone Um Question about this one is this, guys. Adam Gase came from Miami, where he had a really talented running back that I think you're going to mention later, Doc, in Kenyon Drake. (laughs) But Adam Gase did not want Kenyon Drake to be their starting running back, so he ignored him all year and gave the ball to um, some might consider lesser (laughs) running back. I know that's not – I mean, it's Le'Veon Bell, right? He's going to use Le'Veon Bell. Mm -hmm. But Adam Gase is a douchebag and a terrible coach. Are, are we thinking that maybe Le'Veon Bell might take a hit in value, ADP something, after a move like this? And all this rumor around it that he's the reason that this GM got fired? I think it's a cause for slight concern. Um, I bias up front. I'm a Miami Dolphins fan, so I don't trust Gase, and I don't like him at all. But, uh, I mean, when... Where do the where do the organizations put their money? He's ob- uh, Bell's obviously going to get work. I mean, he just he can't. He's not going to keep his job. Gase is not going to keep his job if he doesn't involve him. He can't you know sideline him for half a game like he used to do with Kenyon Drake. But I don't know that Elijah McGuire. <laughs> but Wiz would tell you if he was here. He's talented. <laughs> I'm I'm concerned if I'm looking at drafting Le'Veon Bell that the number of carries. And targets, so this is the absolute, you know, just you are our starting running back and basically our second wide receiver or whatever, like he was in Pittsburgh. Not that good. number of targets and touches, I, I don't, I don't see. And supposedly, what I was reading was Gase was saying that he loves the player, doesn't love the price tag. So, but it, it, once you get into the doghouse with Gase, Forget you know, maybe the multi-million dollar running back. Swallow is not playing in the fourth quarter. Yeah, so shoves the key up his ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, concerned. I mean, I think, I think he's going to be their starting running back. He's not going to be the bell cow like he was in Pittsburgh—thirty-eight fucking carries and ten targets. But 
I mean, he's already there. Yeah, so he was pissed they paid him, so they fucking got rid of the GM. But, you know, unless they can find a way to trade him or something, he's there. You might as well use him. Nobody's going to pay him. Right. You might as well use him. I think he uses him. I think he's smart enough to use a talented running back that's by far superior to any other running back that's on that roster. So we'll move on here. Uh, We're going to talk some superlatives later in the show. One of the superlatives I wanted to put in here uh, was going to say most likely to get a PED suspension. I guess, or to be the first one anyway to get a PED suspension. No need to do that anymore. We've got one. Stud defensive back Patrick Peterson suspended for eight games for using drugs. I don't know why you put that in parentheses there, that six. I think I could have sworn I saw it. 100% eight. Scheffner. Don't fucking doubt me, brother. Patrick Peterson out for eight games. Uh, look, I don't hate that for the Arizona offense. Maybe some game script shifts uh, toward a higher scoring game. But whatever, had to mention it. It was bound to happen. Maybe we'll make a bet later on which offensive player is going to get uh, suspended. It says six-game suspension on a player's first violation stems from positive tests. Yeah, and I'm <clears throat> Schefter or whatever his name is. You know, they've games. known about it for months. The suspension. Yeah. yeah. That's why they drafted Byron Murphy in the second round, a cornerback yeah. out of uh, Washington. It could also be that Patrick Peterson's like 32 years old. Well, no, but they, they had, they had, it's in this article here so fucking good, that though. the Cardinals have been aware. It just hasn't came out. And Peterson's even said, you know, he's known it for months, and he's just glad that it's in the news now so that he can just get can over it. it. Yeah. But I thought I had heard uh, that they were talking about he asked the team to rearrange his contract so that he wouldn't lose as much money over the suspended games. Dude. I swear I heard that, but I can't seem to find it now. But oh, I man. thought they were talking yeah, about it. I guess it you can on, do that uh, when you're one of the best players like in your position in the league. Absolutely. Yeah, I know I screwed up, but uh, pay me for it. Pay yeah, me for because, it. Because suspensions can only take money from games. They can't take signing bonuses or roster bonuses or anything like that. So they were trying to rearrange He was wanting them to rearrange it so he wouldn't lose as much money. Oh, shit. Big Wiz on his stat of the week. All right, guys. I was born in the year 1981, so this question, this question is going to go back to the year 1981. So I'm going to ask you: There are five quarterbacks who have gone back-to-back seasons as the fantasy number one quarterback. Five quarterbacks who have done this in my lifetime since 1981. That's 37 years. Name them. Kurt Warner. That is not nope. one of the five. Uh, Tom Brady. Mm-mm. Aaron Rodgers. Mm-mm. Peyton Manning. No. Dan Marino. No. <laughs> Dante Culpepper. That is oh. one. Dante Culpepper was, in fact, the last quarterback to do Ooh, it in 2003 and 2004. Warren Moon. Not Warren Moon. <laughs> Joe Montana. Yes, Joe Montana. <laughs> In 1982 and 1983, repeated. Oh, Steve Young. Steve Young did it <laughs> three times in a row in 92, 93, and 94. There's two left here. So we got Culpepper, Neither Montana. of them are very hard to guess. Brett Favre. Brett Favre is one of them. 95, 96, and 97, three years in a row as well. Damn. One left. I'll tell you the years were 87 and 88. Randall Cunningham? That's the one. 87 and 88, 87. Randall Cunningham. So listen, let's run really through these. 82 and 83 was Montana. 87 and 88 was Cunningham. 92 through 94, Steve Young. 95 through 97, Brett Favre. 
And the only quarterback in the last 20 years to do this, 25 years, to, or two anyway, years to do this, was Dante Culpepper in 03-04. I bring this stat up because I want to ask the question. What is the cha- what are the, what are the chances, what is the likelihood that we see it happen again with Mahomes, who was so much better than the next best quarterback last season? I know he's losing his weapon in Tyreek Hill. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. But... That. He's 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 still got all of his talents. He's still got Andy Reid. What are the chances we see a repeat? We'll give it like thirty five percent. So I I, th- I think that's a decently high percentage. It is a pretty yeah. Real so because I think I mean the dude's a freak. He's really good. He has, he's really vibes with his play caller. So you'd say he's most likely quarterback out of everybody to finish number one this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's the if if like. If I had to make a bet of, of me guessing who it would be, I would I would go with him first. Bullfrog, what's the percentage chance you give, boy? Zero. So who do you like? Who do you like to be one? You, you likely don't have your rankings done yeah, yet. Yeah, I mean, number one, I'd say this year, I might put Watson at the top of the list. Luck? Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe luck, but I, again, I think they're just going to be maybe too good of a team for him to be fantasy number one, if that makes any sense. But, it does. Uh, with Watson's running and just Hopkins there to help and Fuller and Cootie. And, Do you guys want to make a bet? What's the bet? With each other? Well, he picked Mahomes. Who finishes one or who, who, who finishes one. higher? Who finishes higher? I'll take I'll take Pat Mahomes on that. Oh, okay, we put it at zero percent. Zero percent. Fine, Barry. Uh, if they both play a full season, if they both play yeah. a full season, both fifteen full plus season. games. Yeah, deal. So basically, you can miss one game. Yay! Um, yeah, I think he's most most likely at this point to finish number one out of everybody. Do I think it's going to happen? I'm probably right about where Doc is. Yeah. And now for more. Dumb shit I heard this week. Uh, so, out of character here, our dumb shit is actually related to football this week in Dallas. Uh, we've got a brand new offensive coordinator. That's Kellen Moore. You know, Byron Leftwich took over for the second half of the season, and the Cowboys won a lot of games and played really well on offense, but they did not give him a chance to come back. Instead, they took Kellen Moore. Now, Kellen Moore, just so you know, this is his second year as a coach in the league. He was the quarterback's coach. For half of the season last year, after Byron Leftwich got promoted. So after half a year as quarterback's coach, he's now the offensive coordinator of America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. A lot of strong weapons on the team. My favorite part about Kellen Moore is this. Uh, It's his plan moving forward. You know, the whole thing about an offensive coordinator is they come in, they put in a system, they run their system, they have a plan for how they want the team to play, the offense to play, and they roll with that. Kellen Moore does not have a plan, so to speak, anyway. His plan is this. He's going to go into training camp and ask the guys to give him suggestions on plays and try out different things in training camp and let the guys put a playbook together with him over the course of the offseason rather than coming in and instilling or instituting the offense of his choice. I don't know about you, but I think that's some Bush League garbage, and uh, don't expect much from the Dallas Cowboys offense, at least until they fire Kellen Moore here early in the season. 
uh, as far as I'm concerned. What do you guys think of that? Solid plan. Be flexible. Is that solid? Or I mean, your quarterback is Dak Prescott, who's not bad. He's fine, but he's not like if I was going to pick a quarterback to help me build a playbook, maybe Peyton Manning or grab a stick and draw it up in the dirt and puddle, buddy. As long hey, as long as they just keep giving Zeke the ball twenty five times a game, it's probably a, a does seem pretty straightforward. A good. I think Kellen Moore will take the plan first from Jerry Jones. And then the plan will run through Jason Garrett. And by the time Kellen Moore gets it, he'll put in the player's advice and uh, we'll have a solid plan. I'm solid, yeah. He, he, I, I totally agree. He'll probably be you're saying play he's, caller. You're saying he's a figurehead. Exactly. He's a figurehead. Yeah. He's an idiot. They shouldn't have hired him. I like what Leftwich was doing there. But All right, let's jump into our topic of the day here, the main event. That is our superlatives. Uh, we've got just a few things that we want to, we want to pick out. Guys most likely to blank. Think about back of your high school yearbook. And that's what we're going to do today. We've got, I don't know, 115 of these things. We'll get through as many as we can. You guys ready? Of course. Doc, you want a shot before we get going? No, thanks. We'll see. <laughs> um, let's start right at the top. This, is, this player we're going to start with is the player that is most likely to win you your league. For whatever reason you decide... Who do you think is going to win you your league? Bullfrog, kick us off. I got to stick with my boy. Uh, I was high on him last year, and I'm going to keep that train rolling. You know, I'm going to try to get as many ownership pieces as possible this year. We'll see, but that's going to be Delvin Cook of the Minnesota Vikings. Um, who'd they bring in? To, they got they got nobody to back him up. They they picked up a rookie, what Madison, Madison. out of Boise State, I believe. Uh, They've got Boone out of who knows fucking where. <laughs> I think he was undrafted. Uh, Boone's farm, maybe. <laughs> uh, no, I think this is the year, man. If Cook stays healthy, this is the year he's going to be an opportunity monster, and I believe in his talent. Uh, you know, last year I think I can't. I think we said he had sixty-four catches or something. Uh, no, I think this is the year. He's a boom, man. He's a he's a top five, easy top five running back if he can stay healthy, and he's going at two oh four. He's going at middle of the second round. Early so middle of the second round. That's it right there. If you can get the guy that wins you your league in the, as your second player. Right. So that gives you a potential. Awesome. Like Maybe you pick up a stud receiver and cook. You know, Maybe you get a Hopkins-Cook-Combo. Right there, I think you win a fucking league with those two guys. Or maybe you go back-to-back just RBs. Like, uh, just like this, this category is a preview of three in the pink, two in the stink for you two. Good doctor. Hit me with your... Most likely to win you your league play. So the doctor is here, and so he has to talk about uh, his favorite player. I like you owning that. Joe, Joe, Joe Mixon. Uh, I just think, like, I, I think, just reiterating what Bullfrog said about Dalvin Cook, I just love this guy on tape. I believe in his talent. New, new scheme. He's the guy. It's very rare to have a three-down back. That's just going to be the bell cow for a team. Uh, I just, yeah, I've said all I need to say about it's Joe Mixon. It's the Bengals. <laughs> it is the Bengals. But, uh, yeah, my pick comes from a team that was far worse than the Bengals last uh, who, year. Who was Who's going number one overall right now? Is it Saquon Barkley? Oh, yeah. Saquon. Is, he, is he on a good team? Yeah. No. So, uh, it's a little I, different breed than a Joe Mixon. This is God true. This it. is true. <laughs> but Have you seen his legs? <laughs> yeah, they're fucking enormous. He's nuts. Favorite he your league player this year is going to be David Johnson. Now, I will tell you that since since the draft, his ADP has started to go 
in the wrong direction as far as I'm concerned. He's gone from an early second rounder up to the 107 right now, so it's getting close to the point where the value for DJ is not there where it used to be when I first started talking to him about him on Twitter and Reddit. Had some interesting discussions. But look, last year David Johnson played for the worst offense that any of us have seen in the NFL in a long time. Any arguments there? Nope. No, and he finished as the running back nine. So give him an offense that is legitimately built to score lots of points. Give him a coach that has said out loud, we want to use him as a receiver because he thrives there. Um, and give some of his offensive linemen back. There is no reason that David Johnson won't be a top four at the very least running back this year. He's going to have some monster weeks. I bet he's got at least one three touchdown week this season. Um, he's, he's going to give you absolutely the opportunity to win your league. I don't think the floor is going to be where it was last year. It's going to be a whole lot higher than it was, and the ceiling is to give him to me. Let's move on to our next category. This is the player that is most likely to make you curse your draft. So come midseason, you're thinking, fuck that. You want to throw in the towel on the season because what player fucked you from day one? Hit us, Bullfrog. Well, I'm going to let you take a stab at the guy that I'm a firm believer is going to fuck you, and that's Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to throw another name out there just to uh, fuck with the doc a little bit Ooh. here. And that's going to be Todd Gurley because he still is going in the first round. Uh, we saw how he played with an arthritic knee in the Super Bowl in the playoffs last season. And if that was his only issue, well, that's going to be the same fucking issue he's got week one. Mm-hmm. And two, and three, and sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, we, saw I the just, team, we saw the team hedge their bets in the draft. Daryl yeah. Henderson, and yep. they've got what Brown? Is it Brown? Malcolm Brown. Malcolm mm-hmm. Brown. They have. They're a believer they in. Back yep. to a nice contract. Yep. This is true. You know, true. I just I think Gurley's <clears throat> days of a volume running back are over. You know, can he still have some great games? Absolutely. But gone are the games of Gurley three touchdown next week. Gurley two touchdown. Uh, with you know, thirty touches, I I just don't see it. I'm not gonna hedge the. I'm not gonna hedge my wager on Gurley as a first round pick. I won't have any ownership of him if that's where he goes. Somebody in your league will draft Todd Gurley to get the old Gurley though, and yeah, absolutely might make you curse your draft. I just think it's it's, it's the stereotypical high risk high reward. You know, you're either gonna look like a genius or an idiot, and if you're willing to gamble on that, I've heard a lot of people talk about. That oh he's this is you know at end of the this is he's the next big thing, he and did, I feel like right. we've heard this the last couple he's of years. Big. Stay away from Derrick Henry. Agreed. Don't be that guy. All right. So people go well. His last couple weeks of the season, he was amazing. He had what that four touchdown game, and yes, from weeks fourteen to seventeen, he was the running back one. But it didn't matter because you weren't in the playoffs because from week 1 to 13, he was running back 37. Garbage. 37. Shouldn't have lost that bet. He is currently in the 3-7, the 16th running back off the board. I'm going to drop some names, ADP-wise, that are being taken after him. Mm. Running backs, Aaron Jones, mm. Sony Michelle, Devonta Freeman, Mark Ingram, Lindsey, on Johnson. Chris Carson, would you take Henry over any of them? I would have six of those guys. I'd probably, the only one I probably wouldn't take is Ingram. 
Yeah, I'd rather have because six I don't maybe Carson absolutely yeah. by like rounds. I'd rather have those guys and just a few more wide receivers mm-hmm. that his ADP is higher than Amari Cooper, Stephon Diggs, Julian Edelman, and all three of the uh, the three headed monster of the LA Rams: mm. Cooks, Cup, and Woods. Well, Amari Cooper's garbage, but the rest of them absolutely take him. Uh, yeah, I mean, too volatile with, with Amari Cooper. But it blows my mind that you, with all those players on the board, halfway through the third round, Recency, you would baby. select Derek Henry. Recency bias, man. I, I have name bias versus Henry. I also do. It's because <laughs> I talk so much it's shit just about like him One of those guys year. I just can't, I just don't think I can say, d-d-d-d-d-d. Uh, nope, can't do it. Yeah, it hurts can't me a little. It. My dick shrinks every time I try. <laughs> All right, my guy is Le'Veon Bell. You mentioned it earlier. Uh, he's going to absolutely make you curse your draft. We did mention earlier in the show, we got the Gaze Factor. GM's fired because Gaze doesn't want Le'Veon Bell on this team. Will he be the next Kenyon Drake? Probably not to that degree. But I, like you said, I don't, uh, I don't, I, I wouldn't put it past Gaze to limit his touches and get some of these other guys on the field out of spite, because he's a fucking idiot. Not to mention, look, the Jets are not the Steelers, okay? Le'Veon Bell is a great running back, but the question that we've asked for a long time now is, how much of that was his skill and his ability and his talent, and how much of that was the Pittsburgh Steelers, who, like, in the last five years, Pittsburgh's offensive line has not fallen outside the top eight in run blocking specifically. Uh, The Jets' offensive line last year, Dead last in run blocking. They did draft a third-round tackle, but that's all they've done to address their offensive line this year. So you go from one of the absolute best offensive lines, not even just in the last five years, but their offensive line over the last five years has been some of the best offensive lines ever. They've been amazing. They've been ridiculous uh, to the worst. We'll see how much that affects him. we got a rookie quarterback that doesn't necess- hasn't necessarily shown the confidence to help alleviate some of the pressure that Bell's going to see. Bad offense, bad team, really bad offensive line, and a shitty coach that might have some spite toward him. Le'Veon Bell's going to really fuck you. Not as bad as he did last year when I traded for him in like three different leagues. But guys, don't do it. Next category. We don't know exactly. I don't know what I meant when I typed this in. The doctor didn't either, but I put it in there anyway. This is the player that is most likely to sneak up and punch your league full in the ball sack. Who is it? Bullrog. Uh, I I had to go with a couple. This doesn't feel like a player. No, this is not this a player. Is, this is this honestly is a, like ten different players. Yes, a lot of yeah. <laughs> this is about eight players. All of them, which I think uh, if you don't own one of the eight, that's the guy that punches you in the fucking nuts. <laughs> that's kind of what I was thinking here. So if you own members of the New England backfield, Let's say you own fucking uh, Michelle and fucking Harris. Well, then uh, Sexy Rex's going to punch you right in the dick. Mm. Or James White's going to scrap your asshole on the way by. Uh, <laughs> does that make sense? As he's going to punch you in the dick, he does a little whoop. Uh, I like so, it. yeah, I, I just feel like I probably won't have much ownership. Even though it's a it's a high powered offense and mm-hmm. you should have pieces of it. Yeah. Maybe we're you back will, to you know. The New England backfield you know, there. maybe you will. I don't know. It's hard for me to envision having one of those unless it's a late round guy and people are gonna overvalue it probably. And then the second one is the San Francisco backfield because uh, SF just is super fucked up. 
Super fucked Super up. fucked up. Who knows what the fuck that backfield's going to yeah. be. Brita says, oh, we're all going to be on the field. Okay, three running backs on the field together. I don't think that's ever happened in the history of the NFL the since formation. 1930. Wishbone. We're going to run the wishbone offense. So, yeah, between Coleman and fucking... McKinnon and, McKinnon and Brita, I I just don't see myself taking those guys. I don't know. I don't know. You're I not just, wrong. You're going to get punched in the dick yeah, by yeah, whoever you they, don't. Exactly. And you know what? We've got Jarek McKinnon as our as one of our premier backs in Dynasty. We've been trying to get Coleman for a while, but it'd probably end up being Brita anyway. I mean, I'm thinking about keeping Sony Michelle for a seventh round pick in my keeper league, and now I'm, I'm I'm it feels stupid, but I'm questioning it a little bit. Just because of the you know the draft and everybody else that Sarah Rex yeah. is back. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough spots again. San Fran could be a high scoring team relatively, you know. But uh, spread God, those out. What do you do there? What do you do? I don't know. Probably stay away from me because I'm just a pussy away. like that, and I'm afraid to get punched in the sack. I'm gonna Tom. take a slightly different approach, and we're gonna come back to the New England backfield later. But it shocks me that James White is going in the sixth round right now in mock drafts. He's, this is the guy Why? that finished running back eight last year. Now, I'm not saying he's going to finish top 10. I'm not even saying he's going to finish top 15. But this is the, he's going as the running back 30. I, I'm sure he's going to be higher than that at the end of the season. And he's definitely going to have games where he's going to get the ball thrown at him 15 times. And he's also going to sneak a touchdown. <laughs> 30? If, if he finished... Okay. Yay! What did he say? Top 30? Top 30. Oh. Yeah, I'll take outside the top 30. All right, guys. The guy that I picked that's going to punch you right in the dickhead is uh, Royce Freeman. Denver Broncos, rook, second year, rather, running back. And specifically, Royce Freeman is going to punch the Philip Lindsay dick right in the owner. Because Lindsay's going relatively high after a really nice season last year. I have Lindsay on my Dynasty League, and I'm disappointed by it. I think Royce Freeman ends up the higher fantasy finisher than Philip Lindsay does this year. Royce hmm. is going to be taken very late in drafts, and uh, it, it's just not going to go well for that Lindsay owner as the Freeman owner gives him a lot of shit all season long. Yeah, you didn't, heard me. Didn't you trade for I did trade Philip for Lindsay? Philip Lindsay to be my fourth running back in depth. Yes, and while Freeman's punching you in the balls, I think Devin Booker punches you in the ass, gives you that little ass punch to go along with it. You mean what's this? It's not Devin. Yeah, it's Devonte. Devonte. Sorry, That's Mike, not, not the Phoenix Suns shooting guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. While you get punched in the dick. <laughs> Look, Philip Lindsay is coming off of a wrist injury that may, he missed. I think uh, just the last game of the season last year, six month recovery. So he's not actually doing anything yet. Still watching from the sidelines and OTAs. He'll be limited through most of the offseason here, which means Royce Freeman gets in and gets work with the number one offense there, gets work with the new quarterback in there. Um, it, and it's always been one of these situations. As a as a, somebody who drafted Freeman last year, I was sitting all year long just thinking to myself, Freeman just needs to get on the field. Freeman just needs to get on the field. Freeman just needs to get on the field. Like If something happens and Lindsey's off the field for a while... Freeman's going to be Freeman. It was always going to be a volume guy, so he gets some volume in the off season here. Something happens and slows Lindsey down. I think Royce Freeman ends up being the better running back career long. I think this year he ends up being a better fantasy running back to own. And look, Philip Lindsey, who ended so much higher than Royce Freeman last year, he had 192 carries. Royce Freeman had 130 carries. Philip Lindsey had eight touchdowns. Freeman had five. 
Okay, and the snap share was just, there was a huge difference in snap share between these two, but the actual opportunity share, the red zone opportunity share, not that different. I think Royce Freeman takes advantage of his opportunity uh, this offseason going into the year, and he punches that Lindsay owner solidly in the dick. Maybe I should start trading for, who's got Royce Freeman? You got him? You got him? You got him? I do not. All right. Uh, let's move on to our next category. This is the barf wolf. Uh, kick us off, Bullfrog. Who is your barf wolf? That is the best real football player and worst fantasy football player. Otherwise, this guy's really good at playing football. Fun to watch, but you don't want him on your fucking team. Well, I went with a little running back tandem um, that I think are both quality running backs. So, here's what I did. I gave you Chris Carson and Rashad Penny because I think if one of those guys was on that team, he'd be a stud running back. No doubt. Little uh, Sean Alexander, if I may. Awesome. Uh, Two of them on that team, they both still fantasy startable. Fantasy worthy to start as a RB2 flex, which is okay. But they're not special, you know? They will not be special as long as both of those guys are healthy this season. I think it's going to be pretty close to a 50-50 split. Absolutely. And why um, wouldn't it be? They're both really talented players. Uh, you know, but again, it's it's probably pieces I will be okay with ownership because if for one if for any reason one of those guys were to go down, then you have a stud running back, you know? So I think at at the right price, you're gonna wanna own these guys, but just be you know, be aware that they're not a number one RB unless injury. So let me let me ask you this. Uh between the two, which of these guys are you willing to draft considering Chris Carson's a right now ADP in the fourth round, Rashad Penny's in the seventh round? Just take the later guy, Penny? Yes, I'll be more likely to take Penny later. Yeah. yeah. About value. Yeah. Because, because if you're, going, the younger if you're guy. going fourth round, that's probably your second running back, right? And that's not what you're like you're saying. Mm-hmm. Tail end second, maybe flex guys, both of these if they're both sharing carries, right? Yeah. That, I'm taking the later guy, absolutely. What do you got, Doc? So Barfoot. Yeah, so I think there, uh, this is where I wanted to bring back the, the New England backfield. I think there's a lot of talent in that backfield, from Michelle to White to the, uh, the Sexy Rexy. Uh, yeah, and I think even um, what they draft, uh, Alabama. Harris. Not, yeah, Harris, Damian Harris. Uh, he didn't jump out to me uh, like Josh Jacobs did in college, but still, I mean, if the Patriots – I'm at the point if the Patriots draft you, I think you're probably decent. Um, I like it, this. Just that offense will do whatever it takes to win that week, and that could be Sony Michelle getting 30 carries and two touchdowns and 250 whatever you are. You know, having a huge game, or it could be James White getting you know 10 receptions or something. You just don't know. Or they're gonna you know throw Edelman in the ball. Whatever. It's just it, it's impossible to know week in and week out who's gonna be the guy. And with that uncertainty, I can't, I can't draft, I can't, I mean, at the right value, anyone's available, but I can't draft those people. Um, We're legitimately back to the New England running backs of old, where you can't yep. touch them. Yeah. Last year, we got a nice reprieve. You could own any one of those guys, and you're mm-hmm. fine, because everybody was hurt. Um, my barf wolf is going to be the, for the exact same reason that both of you guys have brought up already, is going to be the Nick Chubb-Kareem Hunt combo. These are these are two extraordinarily talented 
running backs. And we know Kareem Hunt's out for the first eight games of the season. Nick Chubb has is going to step in and be a fucking stud early on. But when Kareem Hunt comes back, I don't know, as, as coach of the team, Freddie Kitchens, how do you just say, sit on the sidelines and we'll just use you as a spell guy, Kareem Hunt? Because that motherfucker can play football, right? Mm-hmm. That motherfucker is great. You know who yeah. else is, though? Nick Chubb. So maybe these, these guys run the fucking wishbone offense. I don't know what you do with these guys. They're absolutely, from week nine on, going to kill, should kill each other's fantasy value. It's hard for me to consider drafting Nick Chubb, who, by the way, is going at 207 right now. 207. Yeah, I, I absolutely guarantee that there are going to be people listening right now who, in their league, the Nick Chubb owner is going to scream out of the gates and win a bunch of games in the first eight. And then losing the first round of their playoffs when Kareem Hunt comes in and just kills fucking Chubb's value. Hundred percent. That's what's gonna. That's happen. gonna happen. Yeah. Where's Hunt going? Did you happen to look that up? Uh, I I can tell you. Hang on. Hunt's going in the seventh round. Yeah, that's which is also early. really yeah. high. Yeah, it is. I mean, in the seventh, but you'd much rather have him in the seventh round as a guy that you can. You're he's your. Fifth, fourth running back, fifth running back drafted. Yeah, but so. aren't, aren't Penny and Hunt almost the same guy? And Penny, you get weeks one through eight at the seventh you round. Think, you think Rashad Penny and Kareem Hunt? Not the necessarily the same player, but same scenario. Whereas, like, you got two good backs on a team that's going to put yes. up good numbers, but you're and not going to be a stud unless the other guy goes down. The bigger difference here is that I think Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are both more talented than Chris Carson. Yeah, probably Penny. right. But that's you're, t- that's you're tough, picking man. a guy in the same round. The minute the guy that's not going to play eight weeks. The minute the Browns made that trade for Kareem Hunt, I wrote off both of those guys for Finn, which is a shame because I fucking love as much as I hate the Toledo Rocket in him mm-hmm. and the uh, the Lady Punter in him. Kareem Hunt's awesome. Yeah, he's a great football. Well, I love both of those players. I think Chubb showed a lot last year, but so much. They're on. The, I think this is a perfect Barf perfect Wolf. solution for this. Yeah, cause let's flip the script here. I want to go the exact opposite of that. I want to look at the worst real football players who are the most valuable fantasy football players. This is a worf worf buff. Didn't come off nearly <laughs> as well as the last one. Worst real football, but absolutely a value for fantasy football. Bullfrog. Oh, people are gonna people are gonna hate on this. This one. is highly controversial. Yeah, this pe- is very pe- controversial. Hot take. Hot gonna, take. Uh, it's a hot take already, and this is just why I have hatred for this man. I'm not not really sure, but it's just in my blood, and I'm gonna share it with y'all. Uh, At least you're consistent. Yeah, you know, I, it was there last year, and it's still there. But I just don't believe in Mike Evans's skill. He puts up statistics. He puts up Ooh. statistics. You believe I mean, in his size, right? He's got the size. He's got a pass-happy offense. So he puts up fine numbers. I just... I would I would, I would, would rate 20 receivers more talented than Mike Evans in the NFL. 20. Did you see the fucking Pro Bowl film? He can't even <laughs> fucking catch a football well, to be fair, with his fucking hands. To be fair, hands. Mitchell Trubisky was thrown <laughs> I don't him, fucking care. Large. You're not, I mean, wrong, you're not wrong about that video. You're not his hands have to be mediocre at best. I mean, his hands, disregarding any other characteristic of Mike Evans as a receiver, his hands have to be at best mediocre. Do you think some of your hatred might stem from his resting bitch face? I don't know what it is. I think he's got that resting bitch face. <sighs> but 
so that's my guy. Like, he's going to put up great numbers. He's going to be a top 10 receiver, maybe even top 5. Probably not, but I just I just think it's more because of volume and opportunity than it is because he's a fucking amazing wide receiver. Like, DeAndre Hopkins, fucking Jesus Christ, Mike Evans couldn't wear his jock. I mean, holy shit. Like, there's no comparison right there. <laughs> couldn't wear it because he's way bigger and he'd tear right holy through the leg straps. Go ahead, anyway, Bob. I didn't know you felt this strongly. That's, oh. He feels very strongly about it. It's just getting worse as the offseason yeah. goes on. So, moving to the quarterback position, it's it's got to be Lamar Jackson. I mean, this guy can barely, on the NFL level, can barely throw the football. After he start, when he began full-time starter role, where he averaged 13 completions a game. Pretty bad. That's not great, but... Flip side of that, they run him like they at least they did twenty times a game. So during weeks eleven to seventeen, when he was the full time starter, he was the QB eight. I I, I, I this is uh, shameful to admit, but I started him <laughs> in Not our neighborhood league. Not shameful at all. Weeks twelve to the, my, when I lost in week whenever, but like not didn't win the league obviously. But Go on the, it, baby. Um. But he won me a couple games. He kind of salvaged it so I didn't look like a total idiot. But I, I, you watch this guy play, and he's basically a running back that lines up under center. And maybe he's doing great work this offseason, and he's going to throw He's the ball. been trying to learn how to throw. <laughs> he, he, he's a guy where all his stats look like he's a shitty passer, but if you watch the game, it makes him look even worse. When he throws the ball, he throws a 15-yard route, and it lands five yards in front of the guy's feet on the mm-hmm. ground. He's funny to watch. Uh, I'm going to one-up everything you just said with another quarterback who's a worse passer and a better runner and a worse real football player, but a better fantasy football player. That's Josh Allen, who went something like five games in a row, or five ga- over a five-game stretch was the quarterback one in fantasy football, ran for 630 yards and eight rushing touchdowns. That's Josh Allen. Should have won me that bet from all that rushing skills, but once again, lost the bet I should have won to the douchebag who's not here. Uh, same same exact issue, though, except this guy's white, right? Maybe that's why you didn't pick him. He's white. But you picked him before I Oh, did. that's right. You're slow on the uptake. Um he runs the ball like crazy. Once the, once the coaching staff in Buffalo said, forget about it, just go just go try to score us points, Josh Allen took off, and he took off a lot, and he ran a shitload, and he's eight, eight fucking rushing touchdowns is huge. I don't remember, I remember once upon a time you did a quarterback touchdown stat, and I don't, I couldn't tell you how many times somebody scored more than, or, or eight or more rushing Wasn't touchdowns. Wasn't Kirk Cousins more like than number one or three, two. like, or yeah. number two? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, look, so total QBR, you know the stat total QBR, it's all sorts of different stats put into one. There's one category, um, you get points for passing, it's pass points, it's built into the whole stat, okay? There were only three quarterbacks last year that had a negative score in the passing points category. One was Josh Rosen, who was so fucking bad at football last year, it was laughable. One was Ryan fucking Tannehill, who's another garbage quarterback, and the other was Josh Allen. That's right. Lamar Jackson, your boy, had a positive fucking score in the passing. Uh, this is this guy can't throw the ball. He's garbage at it. There hasn't been a bunch of reports that he's trying to get better at throwing the ball this offseason, so I don't expect that to happen. But he's going to keep running it. He's going to keep running it a whole lot. Josh Allen is, is going to be a really valuable late quarterback addition to your fantasy team. Let's move on. 
This next player that we're going to go with next superlative, that is the Week 3 Waiver Wire Wonderkin. Week 3 seems to be the week where after a couple of weeks of action, we finally believe that whatever first week breakout is going to keep it going. So uh, who's a guy that doesn't get drafted, starts hot in the offseason, and everybody is rushing to spend all their fab on in Week 3, Bullfrog? Uh, I got two names for you in this category. Uh, picked a couple guys on high-powered offenses. Uh, Demarcus Robinson of the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, with their wide receiver, you know, position kind of up in the air. Whether Ty- you know, we all think Tyreek Hill is going to miss some time. We all understand rookie wide receivers have the tendency to struggle or at least take some time. Especially to, uh, rookie wide receivers that have only played wide receiver for a year. Exactly. Um, yeah, and he's been there for a couple of years. He should know the system in and out. I think he's going to – I think he could easily pop off, you know, in those first couple of weeks with a top, you know, a, a top 10 scoring week in wide receiver action because of a big touchdown or something. And, boom, everybody's going to be jumping on him to sign him. You know, I, I think he's draftable late, late. In in some leagues, uh, wow! But I, I think there'll be plenty of leagues where he's not drafted. But because we talk about it all the time, you want pieces of high powered offenses. Now I was just dogging on the New England backfield and different spots, but again, you know, if all else fails and you got to have it flip a coin, you take a piece of a high powered offense. Uh, and the other I don't guy, think I got that memo for this category. No, no, no. And my other guy is Dontrell Inman, who just signed with. The oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you see him now. <laughs> uh, the other guy I'm going with is Dontrell Inman, who I thought played really well for the Colts down the stretch last season. Uh, just was recently signed by the New England Patriots. Hey. Um, again, what do they have outside of Mr. Squirrel? Uh, Nikhil you know, Harry. Nikhil Harry, Our rookie wide receiver. receiver. Yeah. Josh Gordon. Maybe. Who knows Maybe. what's going on there? <laughs> Um, I feel like they got another big body guy that I'm missing here. Uh, can't think of him. But Dontrell Inman, same same type of build as Gordon and Nikhil Harry, about 6'3", 205, 210. You know, he's a veteran guy. He's proven to have good hands, good route runner. I think he can make an impact, in the, especially in the first couple of weeks while it takes Nikhil Harry maybe some time to oh, yeah. kind of adapt to what's going on. And for Tom to trust yeah, in the new receiver. Did you, yeah. uh, did you get the call out from the wife over there? What are you looking at your phone for? No, I'm just sending, bored? sending a picture of your dog. My dog actually peed on the couch right next to me. I just checked. Mm. <laughs> Tastes like pee. Clutch. Uh, so hey, let's let's speed things I'm along. Guys. We got like five categories left, so we're deep. David Moore, doctor, yeah, we're Seattle Seahawks deep, wide boys. receiver. <laughs> All right, David Moore, Seattle Seahawks. Um, they don't throw the ball a lot, but it worked for Tyler Lockett from weeks five to twelve. Selection bias, obviously, but when he was actually playing, he had a few injury issues. Uh, this was also, just so you know, with um, uh, Doug Baldwin in the lineup, he was the wide receiver 24, uh, David Moore was, during that time period. Decent. So he's not he's not being drafted in ADP right now. You pick him up in the first couple of weeks, you could have worse options in you your could. flex and, position. And, and we talk about, you know, you said earlier, where are they spending their money? They could have had David Moore was on a contract year last year, so they decided to sign him back, bring him back onto the team, yeah. bring him back into the fold. They like him. I trust receivers who have been in the league for a few years over rookies. Here's my shitty offensive player here from a shitty, great player, shitty offense as my week three waiver wire wonder kid. Not a surprise if you listen to the show, you know that I love Albert Wilson. Albert Wilson, who before he got injured last year as a Miami Dolphin, 
led the team in targets, catches, yards, receiving. Um, he's a stud. Over the last three years, I think he averages like the number three uh, player in average separation per route. The kid can run a nice route out of the slot. They used him a lot in the screen game last year, short game, because he can break a play wide open. Uh, he's 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 great. They paid him a lot of money to come to Miami. I think him coming back into the offense this year is going to be mean good things. Not being drafted, I'm going to draft him in every league I'm at, so we're not going to get him in the waiver wire, but watch him uh, coming into the league. Next category, most likely to be blown over by a slight wind and land on the IR for the season. Go. It's your very controversial top five hands NFL receiver Great here, Dewey's Nuts. Great hands. And uh, that goes to Will Fuller. Uh, I think he's coming into his fourth season in the NFL, if I'm correct. He's played no full seasons yet. Uh, injury predictor has him at 58% chance of being injured this season, which uh, amongst wide receivers, the highest percentage probability player is Robert Woods at 604 Will Fuller is about 10th at 58%, but here's the kicker. Robert Woods, who's the number one probable player to be injured, is only projected to miss three games. Will Fuller has a projected games missed of 6.8, which more than doubles any other wide receiver on the board. Again, this is just a fucking random prediction website, but I just thought that was interesting that even though he was a slightly lower probability to get hurt, he was more than twice as many games missed. His problem is that he runs too fast for his hamstrings to keep up. That that very well could be the case. He's just too too fast for his own fucking legs. Yeah, that's my problem. Done. Move on. Uh... Mine is, I don't think, as big of an injury risk as the two other the guys that you're going to mention, but because I think his value is going to go up because of his situation, is Sammy Watkins, he, you know, with, with Tyreek Hill pro- most likely missing a lot of time, if not the whole season, hey, he's going to be the guy in a great offense, right? I'm concerned because in the past two, a couple of years, he has had two fractures in his foot and recurring foot injuries. That scares me. As a doctor. And that scares me because when it comes to the foot is messed up. There's parts of the foot don't get great blood flow. They don't heal. It's it's just not great. Very easy to re-aggravate and um, you need your feet need to your run feet. routes. Uh, just to give you an idea, missed 18 games in the past four years combined. It's a lot. That, I, I, people are going to be tempted to grab him earlier than he might be worth because, hey, great offense. You know, he's got all the talent in the world. Tyreek Hill's going. Might bite you. In the ass. And just so you know, he does have a higher probability of getting injured than Will Fuller at 59.4%. Oh, there we go. Okay. (laughs) Hey, I like Leonard Fournette on my list here. Uh, Look, after two years, people are finally starting to catch on. His ADP is falling a little bit, so maybe some value is picking up. Um, He didn't miss a lot of time in that first year. He missed games here and there last year. But the problem isn't isn't as much time as he's missed. But he's had five separate different leg injuries since he's been in the league for just two years. He had a couple of more uh, similar issues in college. A lot of soft tissue stuff. The doctor will tell you that it's the soft tissue injuries that are likely to recur and become problems later on. If you break a bone, awesome. You're going to get back on the field. You're going to be fucking fine. Mm -hmm. But that's not what's happening to this kid. Um, I don't think his career is long for this world. I think in two years he's going to be out of the NFL because he just can't Stay healthy. Fuck him, he's garbage. Next up, we're going to get into our rookie categories. We have three of them, then we're done. 
First up, the rookie that is most likely to fall flat on his face is... Hollywood Brown, otherwise known as Marquise Brown of the Baltimore Ravens. Um, did you know why his nickname's Hollywood? Mm-mm. I don't. Because he's from Hollywood, Florida. Hey. hey. That's it. That's, That's it, motherfuckers. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, just I'm not, a, I'm not a believer in Lamar Jackson's passing ability. I'm not a believer in the Baltimore Ravens' offensive choices. Uh they are the team that will have the fastest game ever played in the NFL, according to my uh, research last season, if you remember. Yeah, I do. Uh, Didn't go your way. He's coming off of a Liz Frank injury, uh, which according to data says that every single offensive player returning from Liz Frank injuries produce less statistically than before Significantly injury. Significantly less, even. And, uh... He's not even, uh, he's never even played a game. So he doesn't even have any stats to start with. So, you know, I'm just, I'm not a big believer. You know, you could look into this. I found this article, you know, yeah. it's whatever. The 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 percentage is down so, so many percentage points in each statistical category after a Liz Frank injury. Uh, and especially for offensive players. It actually goes on to say defensive players, it doesn't seem to impact as much. But offensive players, uh, you know, it has a more negative impact. For the uh, listeners that don't... He's a small stature guy. Yeah, sorry. sorry. I was oh. going to say, you have to look up these x-rays of what this fracture looks like. It, I think you, it, you'll be scared away yeah, I from don't drafting know. this guy. I don't know what it is, Frank. Even I mean, I've heard it, obviously. What is it? Look it up. Well, it's a certain fracture in your foot. Look it up, and there's God also a dislocation. Yeah, look it, look it up. It's, it's yeah, I mean, a, a wide receiver up. that depends on his speed and quickness, uh, I just don't like it, and especially in that offense. Done. Move on. Okay. Uh, I'm also going to talk about someone named Brown. A.J. Brown. A.J. Uh, going to Tennessee. Um, I guess I'm just ha- on the oh, hate train with Tennessee. That's a terrible fucking place to break your foot. Yeah, it's it's not good. It's not good. Oh, that fucking hurts. I'm on the hate train for Tennessee tonight. Um, okay, so Marcus Mariota, if he's even healthy, is he any good? He's thrown 11 and 13 touchdowns in the past two years. That's not great. And then they they keep on talking about how they're going to be run more. They're going to be more run heavy than they have in the past. That's no, not great. Henry. He's a rookie wide receiver. That's not great. Corey Davis has barely been fantasy relevant. So why would a rookie wide receiver who's not the de facto number one be fantasy relevant? Also, they did sign Adam Humphreys. More, I just. I'd I'd stay away for all of those reasons. Yeah, a few yep. weeks ago I mentioned, um, you know, Mariota barely threw the ball more than Lamar Jackson did last year. I think he threw fifteen times or fifteen completions a game to his thirteen or something stupid mm-hmm. like that. Not bad. Another wide receiver on my list here. You'll see these three because, as we've said it even today, rookie wide receivers have a hard time getting it going. I'm picking DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf, who I think is being drafted way too early in rookie drafts, um, gonna go in your redraft league way too early as well because of his, well, because of what people think was his combine performance, but really only, it was only a couple of workouts in his combine. He is, he is, he cannot run a fucking route. He cannot separate out of a break because he doesn't know how to break. He's there, he's fast as shit running in a straight line. And as a wide receiver in the league, 
that doesn't do a whole lot for you. You can run a nine route. He's gonna live his he's gonna live or die on the nine route and the fifty fifty ball in the end zone. Those are the only two things that I think he can do. He'll probably be pretty good at those two things, but I don't think it's enough to sustain a fantasy wide receiver. Granted, he's in the best possible landing spot. A lot of wide receivers, a lot of great wide receivers landed in shitty spots this year. DK Metcalf did land in a really good spot. Russell Wilson likes to chuck it downfield. We just said Lockett's going inside. That means DK Metcalf is going to play the outside, run the deep ball route. Um, I just don't think he's very good. I don't think he's a very good wide receiver. I think he can run fast and jump high, and that's about it. And and we've seen time and again that that's not enough in the NFL. Next rookie category. This is the rookie that is most likely to light the world on fire. Let's make this a relative, relative, right? Because there's a two, three guys that are technically. But somebody who's going to be really good, maybe better than people expect even. Hit us both yeah, I'm contradicting myself quite a bit on this fucking guy, but... But you drafted him in, your, in our... I drafted him in my dynasty. In dynasty, so... Go ahead. I wasn't a big believer in much, any of the running backs, really. I mean, none of the running backs in this year's draft class gave me a big old hard-on. So I just kind of wanted to stay away from those guys, because the, the best opportunity guys is what, Jacobs, and I just, I'm not a big fan. All the other guys are kind of timeshare guys. Could potentially some of them have great seasons? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm picking a guy that maybe could just finish as the number one rookie wide receiver. Maybe that's lighting the world on fire. Um, and that's Mecole Hardman. Hey. Uh, one, because we think Tyreek Hill's out of there. Two, because Patrick Mahomes is as good of a quarterback as any. And three is because of opportunity, you know. What else do they have outside of Kelsey, And you know? What do you what do you believe in Watkins? I guess is kind of what you have to ask yourself. What do you believe in Robinson? Uh, but here's what I know: I saw last season on television watching these games is that more than any other team, the Kansas City receivers were fucking open, like running downfield, open. Mm-hmm. Many of them, I like, play. yeah, like four open players. Mahomes hit one of them. So if if they can find a way to put Hardman in those situations, then he will have success. And he's got the speed to score a couple of those long ones, you know. Yeah. If he can score four or five fucking big touchdowns and end up with 700 yards and five touchdowns, that's a fucking amazing rookie season in terms of rookie wide yeah, receivers. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I'm going with. Yeah, I think if there's an offense where your skills are, I run fast, then... It would be the Chiefs where you'll be successful. Okay, so my guy, and this is, again, bias, a fellow Iowa State Cyclone, mm-hmm. uh, David Montgomery, now of the Chicago Bears. Uh, I got you that jersey. It's on the way, brother. Oh, awesome. Spectacular. Can't wait to wear it. The uh, To me, I what I have written is just location, location, opportunity, opportunity. So did Jordan Howard, Howard have a good year last year? Eh. Was he a, is he, was a, was he good last year? No. But he okay, still had, what, he finished in in half point PPR, running back twenty. He had the sixth Jeez. most rushing attempts in the NFL. In the oh, NFL, shut up. Sixth. That's shocking. Sixth. Okay, so now, in my opinion, a better running back. Right, Tariq Cohn is not going to get more <clears throat> rushes than he did last year. He the way he I I, I don't believe they they spent a lot of draft capital because they didn't have a lot of it to begin with in this draft. 
on Montgomery. Yeah, they so they believe in him. They only had four picks. They traded yeah. up together. I, I'm like I said, I am biased, but I watch this guy a lot, obviously, because we went to school together. But the uh, um, pro football folks. Did you guys hold hands? No. Like, <laughs> Is that what you're trying to say? No, I just uh, you see yeah, him live. Take so like a shower next to him. If you if you in watch a, this guy's tape, he's there. not going to blow you away. He doesn't have you know these big you know 90 yard touchdown runs or whatever. But according to Pro Football Focus, last year. He had 109 total broken tackles over the course of a year. Did any of you ask to borrow your notes? <laughs> we were different majors. <laughs> um, <laughs> Pro Football Focus said this was the most ever recorded in a single season in by any players they've statted out in college or the NFL. Did you ever guy, hold his legs for a kickstand? <laughs> this guy is as elusive and as difficult to tackle as possible. And one of the reasons you, his numbers might not be as gaudy as some of these other place, uh, places. Girl again. <laughs> this guy's offensive line, I can say because I watch them play every week, sucked. A lot of these missed tackles were him making plays happen. He had to, you know, shed a tackle or two behind the line of scrimmage. I think the guy's got a lot of talent. He's not going to blow you away with any big play opportunity. But if they gave Jordan Howard the six most rush, rushing attempts, just give the guy the ball in an offense that should be not as gr- good as they were last year because everything worked out in their favor, but good that, enough. I think there's a bet on where the offense finishes. Bullfrog here likes them a lot. I think they'll finish outside the top ten, but I like we always talk about opportunity. No, likes the Chicago offense. Opportunity. Uh, you did. No, he had, he had him ranked in the top ten. I no. had him at like 16. There you go. Uh, I'm going to talk about a guy uh, who's a little less drafted, a little lower drafted. That'd be Devin Singletary. He was the running back for FAU. For the last few years, drafted by the Buffalo Bills. Uh, What, third, fourth? I think it was the third round. Um, They drafted him specifically, the coaches did, because they reminded him of LaShawn McCoy. Uh, And that's a good thing, right? They like LaShawn McCoy there. He's been there and been productive there for a while. Last year was a different story. But uh, if you watch any tape on Devin Singletary, which I did a lot before our rookie draft, he was the running back that I was trying to target. I couldn't get Wiz on board. But this kid, not super fast. Again, not going to blow you away with speed. I think he ran a 4-6. Um, but he's very elusive in tight spaces. Great vision. Great patience behind the line. Um, he absolutely looks like a guy who can step in and be productive in the NFL because of those traits. He's not somebody that just depended on he's a short dude 57206 something like that so he's stocky didn't just depend on his short size or his size or his low center of gravity to run people over in the hole he waited and looked for holes was able to find them evaded a lot of tackles in holes in holes in backfields made a lot of things happen for himself the thing that i like best about him is he started for two and a half years at Florida Atlantic and he scored 66 touchdowns in two and a half years 12 32 and then 22 touchdowns if ever there's been a guy 32. who has wow. a nose for the nfl or the uh, for the end zone rather it's devin fucking singletary and then look at the team he went to in buffalo sure we just talked about josh allen likes to run the ball but they also hand it off right the running backs there are we got shady who's 31 years old, but his injury-adjusted age is 72, as he's never played more than three games in a row without getting hurt. Frank Gore's 36 years old. Chris Ivory's 31 years old. If ever there's a team that's ripe for a young running back to come in and get an opportunity, it's got to be this team. Uh, In Buffalo, even with Josh Allen, look, running back's got 17 carries a game. 
Um, Shady only had 34 catches a game, but that was second most catches behind Zay Jones' 56. So it sounds like they don't use the running back out of the backfield, but they use him just as much as anybody else on the team. There is opportunity to be had. I think if Singletary can get himself 15 touches a game by weeks five or six, he'll be really valuable on your fantasy team. I think he's he doesn't have a lot of challenge in supplanting Shady, Gore, and Ivory as the number one on the team, and I think he can do it for years to come. I like Devin Singletary. You can get him very last round in your in your redraft at this point. Um, so worth taking a flyer on, and I think he's somebody that can do really well. Last category, uh, Singletary might have qualified for this one, but I like somebody else. The rookie that is most likely to surprise you, maybe a name that you've never heard before, that might be worth a late-round stash in redrafts or, or considering earlier than you think in your rookie draft. Go ahead. Can I? I want to give you a quick little comparison of David Singletary, though. Devin. But Devin. Okay. God damn it. And Mike Davis. Did you know they're about the exact same player? All right, well, that they, they were looking for a particular type. No, they're the same team. size. 5'9", 217 for Mike Davis. David Montgomery, right? Montgomery, Sorry. Yeah. David Montgomery, 5'10", 222. 40-yard dash, 461 for Mike Davis. 4.63 for David Montgomery. Speed score, 96.1 for Mike Davis. 96.6 for David Montgomery. Burst score, 115.8 for Mike Davis. 109 for David Montgomery. Agility score, 11.18 for Mike Davis. 11.35 for David Montgomery. Bench press, 17 for Mike Davis. 15 for David Montgomery. Mike Davis beats him in all metrics is Other the, than the speed score. Is the, are they the comp for... Is, uh, the comp Mike for Davis. David Montgomery happens to be Carlos Hyde. Oh, <laughs> nice. And oh, the, yeah, they were, they were David looking Montgomery for, can catch the ball. The Bears were looking Mike for... Mike Davis a, caught the ball pretty yeah. well last year. The Bears for the were CLs. looking for a particular guy. They got Mike Davis just in case. They got their they got their guy. I don't I don't, well, I don't know. Montgomery. We'll just see. We'll see what happens. You know, I don't Jordan know. Howard we'll had happens. the sixth most rushing attempts. That just somebody's gonna, yeah, somebody's gonna get carries. But I think Davis has a role. I think Davis has a role this year. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, sorry to bust your balls on that one, but uh Rookie most likely to surprise. Again, I had to go with a little uh, biased love. Someone I drafted on my fucking dynasty team. Why would I draft him if I didn't think he was going to be fucking good, right? I mean, that's the whole point here. You would think. Uh, Justice Hill, running back for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Again, we've talked about the Ravens a little bit tonight. They're probably going to lead the league in rushing attempts. Would you agree? Oh, if not a top yeah, three, top three. Yeah, I would. Know? I would agree with that. Uh, Justice Hill happens to be the only speed type running back on the roster. Gus Edwards, Kenneth Dixon, Mark Ingram, and then you bring in Justice Hill, who's a four four forty type runner, who has some elusiveness, some quickness, some speed. I think. I think he's going to earn some opportunity in that backfield from day one. A As third, a change of pace guy, back, third down well. back, uh, a guy Lamar Jackson looks for as a little safety valve on the option. Uh, I think he's gonna be a flex type player, you know, early. early on in the or early on in the season. So I like him to surprise, and I, I'm hoping in my dynasty that I can, I can even start him because that's what I need. <laughs> my running back depth is fucking putrid. 
Next. Yeah, so I, again, going to kind of contradict myself talking about a rookie wide receiver, but I think this guy's situation is primed for a small but pop-out role, and that would be Paris Campbell. Love this guy. Had to watch him destroy the University of Michigan the last couple of years, which made the wife very sad. Uh, Where did he play? Uh, the Ohio State University. Uh, he, and they, I think by going to the Colts, yes, he's what, maybe the third, fourth option, but they spent high draft capital on him. They obviously like him. Supposedly, Frank Reich was like super pumped when they were able, then he fell to them in the draft and they were able to pick him up. So obviously they have big plans for him. And that's why I think of all the rookie wide receivers, he might have one of the better campaigns because he's going to fit a very specific role. This guy is a yards after the catch machine. At Ohio State, crossing routes, screen game. That's get all him, he did. Get him in space and he has he runs in open field like almost like a like a really talented running back almost. He just has great vision, runs obviously he's a speed demon too. Just great in the open field. And so I see I don't see him, you know, taking a ton of uh like having a huge percentage of snap count or whatever, but they're going to put him in specific situations to succeed in the screen game specifically. And so maybe it takes him a couple weeks to get the playbook, but he has a very specific, very small, easy-to-understand role that they're going to use him as kind of an X-factor weapon. And towards the end of the season, I think he'll be a strong flex position in a great offense. I like, for a nice surprise, another wide receiver. This is J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Again, one of the guys that uh, the Wiz and I were targeting very heavily in our draft, it worked out that we were able to move up and take somebody that we like a little bit better. But this is a kid that I think can produce relatively quickly uh, for a few reasons. He's a big, big receiver, drafted by Philadelphia early in the second round. Talk about draft capital. Um, he's 6'2", 230 pounds or so. Uh, he is a end zone guy. 23 touchdowns in the last two seasons, 14 touchdowns. Last season, um, he he plays a lot like Elshon Jeffrey does. He's a little bit shorter, a little bit stouter, but he's faster than Jeffrey. Great 50-50 ball guy in Stanford um, over the last couple of seasons. I think J.J. Arcega-Whiteside becomes a pretty pretty quick red zone target for Carson Wentz there on a, another, another good offense. This is a, an offense that we all think is going to be top eight or so offense in the league. So if you're looking for somebody, young guy, opportunity to come in and score touchdowns um, on a good team that's going to score a lot of touchdowns. Give me some J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Again, not being drafted anywhere. You don't have to worry about drafting him. You can pick him up after your draft is over. Might be one of these week three guys if he scores a few touchdowns in the first couple of weeks. I like him. I like another guy with a nose for the end zone. Before we go, Bullfrog, you got something to share with the people? Lesson of the day. I think I've said this one before. The world's a fucking scary place, man. Know what your kids are doing. Keep an eye on your fucking kids. Take care of your kids. Talk to your kids about their day. It's fucking important, motherfuckers. Yeah, but if you ask your kid how his day was, and he said he sucked another boy's dick in the bathroom today, how do you react to that? I kill someone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what you said last night. All right, fuck off, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Your Football Fantasy. Now pull up your pants, subscribe, and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can find more from these limp dick 
BudPirates at www.yourfootballfantasy.weebly.com. <laughs>